Hey guys, it's Brendan with Evoke Bike. One, two, episode three. We're gonna jump into, I lied, I said Johnson City Omnium. We're actually gonna do race tactics because somebody hit me up with some general questions that I think would be more appropriate to go over first and then we'll jump into Johnson City Omnium because I was talking to somebody about the big monster climb and a couple scenarios that could go down, but it'll be better if we can reference this one as well. So... Question one. He kind of sent me a long paragraph that happens to have four cat four questions. So we'll hit him up just as one big one. Question one. I wonder if you could spend some time on some strategy slash tactics for those just cutting their teeth. Specifically, what are the first race tactics to master as an individual if you have no team in the race? Great question. And I actually think racing as an individual is extremely beneficial because you don't deal with the, I'm ra- I'm racing for this person, or we're putting this person in the break today. Um, some of the comments that you hear Cat 4 Fives talk about that don't really happen, so we'll get to that. But racing as an individual, you want to first start understanding how do you research other riders? Who's in your race? Can you find out anything about the riders that you're going to be go competing against? Um when you get to the race, you have to somehow size people up a little bit. Because you're in a Cat 4, Cat 5 race, there might be varying um, degrees of rider. You might have a mountain biker who's just coming over the road who's going to crush everybody. If you see a guy with huge, massive legs, looks really fit, has a dialed bike, he might be good. He might also not be so good. So as the race quickly starts, you need to try and take an inventory of like who's in the race. Um, lower level races oftentimes are like a group ride until the very end. So this is a great time. Why don't you test to see if you can break away from the group and maybe a couple people come with you and maybe you guys just ride faster than everybody and it becomes a who's stronger contest. There's really no strategy to that. Um, you also want to learn people will say, ah, man, I saw the move going. I got boxed in. You boxed yourself in. Part of the chess match is always being in a position to launch. So if you find yourself where it's like, hey, I can't go forward and I can't go right. I can only go left, move. Go left and like get in a different position. Um, while you don't want to be riding on the front, you need to be very close to the front so that if something goes, you can quickly get around somebody. Don't be scared to ride in a little bit of gravel on the side of the road to get around a group and go hammer up the road with somebody. Because all the other Joes might be sitting there looking at each other and you're gone with two other people never to be seen again. So I think really the race tactic in keeping these videos not, I mean, this could be episode six, seven, eight, or three, four, five, six, seven through 20. Tactics is, is half of the race. Listen to Justin Williams, who just said in a recent podcast like three months ago, you know, you can get really fast. That's half of it. The other half is learning how to race. So what are the first tactics? Go race and learn like the dance, learn the flow, learn what does it look like when a group is dead set on chasing you down and you know that I can't get away from that. So two things, you have to learn what does it look like when a group's really chasing you down. Also, how fast can you go? Like how fast do you need to be going to stay away from people? Um, What does it look like when people look tired? How do people ride when they're tired? How has, and it's not as applicable to, that scared the hell out of me, Lala. (laughs) It's not as applicable to like a shorter cap four race, but like 
did you watch how the guy was pedaling in the first 10 miles versus how he's pedaling now at mile 65? His face, his face might say, I'm not in pain, but you're like, dude, you look like a mess. Um, so there's a lot of cues. You just need to pick up on like other people. You're watching everybody else. You're not watching your power meter. So hopefully there's like five points in there that you can take some of those to understand racing as an individual. Question two, new inexperienced team, which is all of you because you're cat fours and fives. So if anyone says that they're like an experienced cat five team, walk away. Those are the guys that haven't been able to win. And that's not a diss, but they're like a cat four telling you everything about bike racing. That's like getting medical advice from a doctor who failed biology. Like don't, that would probably be bad advice. Um, So new inexperienced team with wide degree of variability in fitness and experience. This is a big point. I hear new racers discussing this all the time after races and most new racers have no idea what to try out there. So a lot of people don't try stuff because people are just, we're nervous about failing. We're nervous about going out and blowing up at the line. That's what you got to do. Bike racing to get better is checking your, your ego at the door and trying stuff, figuring it out. Like, you know, and the more group rides, <laughs> people are going to kill me for saying this, that you can do within your training calendar. So you're not doing only group rides, but learning the skills of like, can you sprint against people or can you only win out of a group of five? Can you break away on a five minute climb, but maybe you still kind of suck at 10 minute climbs. So maybe you need more FTP or maybe it's vice versa. You need more VO2 max, like understanding what you can do and who you are as a rider with the knowledge that that's going to change over time. As you continue to train your, the things that you're good at as a cat five, you might not be great at as a cat one. I thought I was gonna be a climber because I just happened to be better at climbing than other cat fives in my local area. I'm 83 kgs, 82 kgs, 81 if I lie. I mean, it's, you know, you just got to understand that you're going to develop as an athlete. So continue to look at what can you get better at. When, when we talk about a wide and variable degree of fitness and experience, it's tough racing with people of different fitness levels, right? Like, how are you going to pedal Johnny's bike for him? You can't. And so, I mean, maybe you can, I would more say you're not trying to help that person on race day so much as you're trying to help that person get faster, help them with their training, help them with their nutrition, like, but you can't force something on somebody. So you have to ask them like, Hey, what do you think you're missing from doing better in the race? Because we've all been on teams where there's one guy who gets dropped really early and you feel bad and it's kind of awkward after the race because they're like, how'd it go? And, and you know, what are you gonna say back? How'd it go? Like I saw you got dropped. That sucks, right? It's just, we don't, nobody wants to put the other person in that awkward position. So it's hard to race with them. That's just the plain and simple, the way I see it. Um, yeah, if you get dropped, you get dropped. You just gotta put in the work. Um, different experience. That is one thing that you can do where if you're willing to, you know, if you have a more experienced rider, and this is really more, I would say, of like you're a master's rider and you're riding in like a one, two, three group. I remember one of the first A races I did, um, three guys went up the road and a guy from another team goes, you need to be in that. And I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, go. And I'm like, right now he's like, go. And I was like, okay. And I like chase these three dudes down. 
got in the break with them with his teammate like we were all in the same club like we all wanted to like help each other down the road to get better for bigger races i ended up winning that training race it was the first a race i'd won i was on like cloud nine mark paris thank you so much i beat brian cardona it was like the highlight of my week so if you can sit back and help a racer understand the flow that we're talking about in the dance that's how you can help them but if it comes to physical like if they're just getting popped they're getting popped right um you're not going to pay somebody back every time they get dropped so hopefully that answers that question hit me up if that does not that was number two Number three, this is kind of similar. Uh, most new teams have only a few, two to five guys whose fitness and skills vary dramatically between one another. True. What are some basic ways to utilize the strengths of the strongest guys and the presence of those who are getting their fitness and race skill off the ground? If they're getting their, the presence is what we call pack fodder. So if they're just there, that's what they're going to be again help them to find their strengths and then help them to understand how they can either improve their strengths so if you are uh cat four across the board maybe you're like a little bit closer to cat three at five minute work so like trending towards vo2 max stuff maybe you say hey dude why don't you like work on that and maybe you can get up to like a cat two level and we'll find a race where that's really like the determining factor because there's this hill or whatever and you're kind of trying to over predict but you're trying to help the person to get excited about their training and really develop a strength um that's one way but to use other racers strengths no one really is going to have a sprinter I think when teams are like, oh, we got our sprinter here, so uh, we're just pulling everything back. You know, a lot of uh, Cat 4 races, one guy tries to attack, everybody chases him down, and then we sit for a little while because we're all winded when really someone should counterattack over the top. That's your VO2 max guy because he can go hard and he can go hard again. Um, having the mindset of if someone's really good at three-minute, to eight-minute efforts, be like, hey, dude, when, we, when those early attacks go – follow wheels don't go super hard you can that's possible you don't have to jam the gas all the time because what do most people do they jam the gas and then everyone's like grabbing the brakes well if you grab the brakes you clearly went too hard you wasted a match you didn't have to use so have that guy understand that process and have him understand how to jump over the group so when the couple guys go up the road everybody chases him down he sits in the draft there comes that swell and he understands what the swell looks like and he goes flying up the road. And now he still has like five more minutes of just boss power. He's going away. Um, TT guys, maybe like, yo, dude, go from the gun. People don't like starting a crit or things very fast. Oftentimes they're like clipping in and they're kind of going and then it goes. Um, that changes as you move up in categories. But I had been in races where people were like lollygagging. And I'm like, yo, see ya. And you catch people off guard before they even know what's going on. They're like, where's Bull? Um, that's not everywhere, but that can work somewhere. Um, really, though, that comes down to go race the race and talk about the race afterwards and think of where could I have done something different that would have helped my team with my strength. Um, I think that, though, the, the big point is if you're just there and you're just getting your fitness, you need to get your fitness in the group ride, in the training race. Getting your fitness by racing is great. You'll do it. You're just not going to be a big contributor to the team, and you need to be okay with that. And 
don't don't be if you're sour Johnny because your teammates are better than you because they've trained more. That that's just what this sport is. It's putting in time. Um, don't be mad at them and don't feel insulted that you're not in the like. How are we going to win this thing? Conversation because you can't win yet, and that's okay. Put in the time. Put in the work. Like that's literally what happened to me when I went to my first Cat Four race, and I will never forget. It was a training race. I like got to move up from the cat fives and I was like super pumped. And I was super nervous and it was like lap four, maybe like mile 35 miles in. I just watched the group right away. I just couldn't keep up. And I was like, damn, maybe I'm just not as fast as these guys. <laughs> and luckily other people were like, oh, right, you just got to keep riding. You just got to keep training. Like this is how this race went. And there's going to be these other races and you need to train this and you look into it and you learn more. Um, it's a really long journey and everybody... I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people want to get it in a year. And I silently laugh at them when they're like, you know, I'm going to conquer the world in a year. If you can, that's amazing. Don't let me be the guy to hold you back. But if you don't, still be willing to put in the work the next year and the next year and continue to grow. All right. Um, Okay, question four. Usually for these new teams, and I like how I put them in parentheses, there's no real plan at all, which I'm actually okay with. They figure their chances are better because they have more people in the race. No coordinated attacks or field policing. And and while we say field policing, blocking is not actual physical blocking. Don't be a D and just be like, I can't get around me. That's not blocking. Sometimes they even chase down their own brakes, dragging the field back up to the front. Seems like a lot of simple mistakes with new teams. Everybody's trying to win. Nobody does well except the competing organized team. So I don't know if it's a competing organized team because I don't think, I think lower category teams plan way too much. I've coached people where they're going into race with 12 guys and like, well, I'm in the break this week. So everyone's riding for me. And I'm like, really? You guys have already mapped this race out. Now, granted, if you're super aggressive in a cap four race, you can get in the break because you're just going to force the break. But a lot of times that now leaves 11 other dudes who are like, well, what do we do? Right? So... If you don't know what he's talking about when it's field policing, your teammate goes up the road. What's going to happen eventually? Someone's going to try and hopefully chase him down. If not, it's going to be real freaking boring, Um, which does happen. But you're now watching for other people to go and you get on their back wheel and just draft. And when they flick their elbow, you say, sorry, my teammate's up the road. And you get a free ride up to your teammate. So to the first point, when there's a team that plans, I don't understand why the plan would ever be for, it's always one person in the break. You should say, if you have 12 people, hey, we don't roll unless we have three dudes in the break. Like we are stacking this thing. We want it to be seven people and we want four of our teammates in there. Because guess what? Say you, you make that plan and three people get in the break, just be like, yeah, we're not riding. And don't be the guy, if you're on the other team, that's yelling and barking and bitching and moaning because you don't tell other people how to race. That's part of racing is like, you don't know what their game plan is. You don't know who they might be racing for, what's on the line with their team. Like, race your race. So I would say, scrap the plan except for if you say, okay, hey, this team's got this mountain bike dude. He's super strong. We probably don't want to ride with him because he's going to beat us all at the end. How do we beat him? And 
ganging up on somebody is bike racing. If, if someone super strong comes without a team and you have 12 guys, I don't care how strong he is, you should be able to beat him in a four or five race or a three, four race, hands down. Unless he's crazy stronger. Throw a guy up the road, he has to chase that guy down while you are all on his wheel. Someone counterattacks, he has to go again. Someone different counterattacks. Eventually, unless he is just that much stronger that he can string it out and drop you on the flats, eventually he tires and one of your guys gets away and then another guy and another guy. Um, the only thing that I would say is don't do it just to one guy. Like usually there's not some freak in the race. There's other teams. So other teams are going to send your wheel and counterattack you guys. So that's why bike racing is crazy because everyone's trying to do that to everybody else. And when there's 20 different teams, it's there's just a lot of stuff going on. It's a big chess match. So no coordinated attacks. I think that would be more stacking the break, you know, field policing, making sure if someone goes up the road, one of your guys goes. Um, never let something go up the road without your team. That's what you see in the tour, right? It's like, oh, they missed the break. Now they have to chase. If you miss the break and there's a big enough team that missed it, no one's going to chase it down except for your team. So if I'm not being clear about that, let me know. This is like a, I mean, we, we should, if people want to do like a live Q&A, um, everyone always says like in, uh, if you listen to like Gary Vee and stuff, like go live. I just don't think that many people would participate. If we wanted to have a live session with like Q&A, questions, tactics, I'll get Wally in here. And um, yeah, that'd be awesome. Sometimes they even chase down their own brakes. I sometimes don't think people understand what they're doing. You know, they're trying to bridge to the brake, which is fine. It's okay to bridge up to get a free ride to your teammate. That's better because now you have another card to win unless your teammate's by himself. If your teammate's up the road and he's with one other guy, that's a 50% chance. Don't you want two more guys up there with maybe one other guy? So now it's three on two. Um, but don't get on the front and drag your teammate back. I really have no answer for why that happens. It is very mystifying. Everybody tries to win. Nobody does well except the competing organized team. You know, that's the problem with Cat 5, Cat 4. Not the problem. That's, that is an issue because everyone's trying to get upgrade points. So that's a beautiful thing when you have ones and twos on a team, everyone's just trying to get the team to win. Because everyone's like within a, they're all like really close with fitness. So it's now just like, all right, which team's gonna work the best and win? And when you're on a team, when everyone really understands like the W is everyone's W, that's bike racing, that's incredible. That's one reason why when people are like, I wanna hang back and win this cat four omnium it's like dude upgrade like get better get faster start really racing you're only winning because you're physically better than the other guys that's not bike racing that's like a fitness competition so there's a difference and i i'm not saying that to hate on people that do that um maybe i am i don't know i just think you should strive higher i think way more people can be ones and twos if they just start thinking about the sport and thinking, how can I get this much better at this part of my game? And how can I improve this part of my game? And I'm training 12 hours. I know there's another hour there somewhere. Like, this sport is optimization um, and testing things. So, all right, that's episode three. Next will be Johnson City Omnium, unless I get derailed again. 
and we'll go from there. Hit me up with your questions, Brendan at Evoke Bike. Please share this if it's beneficial. See ya.